0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that today's message encourages and inspires you and helps you on your journey to discover and follow the will of God. The outline of this message, speaker, message title, and series can be found in the show notes or the details page. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or on our church website at Bethlehem505.com. And now, here is the message. Preacher one day noticed that a kitten had climbed up into a tree in his backyard and then seemed to just stay there. He realized that the kitten must have been frightened to come down, so he tried to coax it in different ways to get it to come down, offered warm milk, and the kitten just stared at him from up in the tree, would not come down. Well, the tree wasn't sturdy enough for him to climb to get up there, it was a younger tree, so he... Finally hatched a plan. He thought, you know, if I could hook up my car and a rope to this tree, I can pull it over enough that the kitten will be low enough that I can reach the kitten and eventually take it out of the tree. So that's what he did. He hooked up his car, tied it to a, a stronger branch on the tree, and he began driving gradually away and the tree's bending over and bending over. He got out of the car and went out and reached up. and He couldn't quite reach the kitten, so he thought a little bit more and I'll be able to reach the kitten. So he did a little bit more, but to his horror, as he's pulling it away, the rope broke, and the kitten went flying through the air out of sight. Well, The preacher felt terrible, so he walked all over the neighborhood asking if anybody had seen a small little kitten. No, nobody had seen the stray kitten, so he prayed, Lord, I just commit that kitten into your keeping, and he went on about his business. Well, a few days later, he was in the grocery store and ran into one of the members of his church, and he happened to look into her shopping cart and noticed and was amazed that there was cat food in the the, um, grocery cart. Now, he knew, and everyone that knew her knew she hated cats, and he could not figure it out, so finally he says, why are you buying cat food when you hate cats so much? She said, you're not going to believe this, she goes, and then she started to tell him the story of what had happened. She goes... My little girl had been begging me for a kitten, and I just kept telling her no, and this went on and on for days and days, and and the child just kept begging. And finally, to get her to be quiet, I just said, well, if God gives you a cat, I'll let you keep it. And then she says, you know, so I watched my child go out in the middle of our backyard, get on her knees, and ask God (laughs) for a cat. And preacher, you you are not going to believe this. She goes, but I saw it with my own eyes. She goes, a kitten suddenly came flying out of the blue sky, (laughs) paws outspread, and landed right in front of my girl. (laughs) You never know how our prayers are going to be answered (laughs) or how they might affect somebody else. And that's what makes intercession so powerful and so important. Years ago, Dorothy W. Jenkins uh, wrote a poem about intercessory prayer uh, in, in which she describes what sounds like today, but this was many years ago. I'm going to read the majority of it and leave some of the section out for time and just jump to the end. She said, There is a high, holy vocation needing workers everywhere. It is the highest form of service. It is the ministry of prayer. No one needs stand idle, longing for a place in which to share active service for the master, there is always room for prayer. In these days of tribulation, wickedness pervades the air, and the battles we engage in must be won through fervent prayer. There is no weapon half so mighty as that the intercessors bear, nor a broader field of service than the ministry of prayer. Come and join the intercessors, laurels then someday you'll wear... For there is no higher service than the ministry of prayer. No higher service. Last Sunday, 26 of us responded to God's call for intercessors. And I want to remind you that today, God's invitation is still open. And today I want us to meet an intercessor in the Bible who is not that well known. His name is Epaphras. We meet him in Colossians 4, and I suspect that there's probably no one in this room who, if you're asked to to give a list of your favorite Bible characters, who would list Epaphras. But Colossians 4 lists a number of different faithful servants in the early church. And it is believed that this man named Epaphras may have been the founder of the congregation in the city of Colossae. But at the time that this letter is written, he apparently was away from the city and away from the church with the Apostle Paul. So listen how it describes Epaphras and his most important ministry that he could ever do. Verses 12 and 13 of Colossians 4. Epaphras, who is one of you and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. I vouch for him that he is working hard for you and for those at Laodicea and Hierapolis. Epaphras was working hard by wrestling in prayer, by agonizing in prayer for his Christian friends in three different congregations. This man is powerfully, agonizingly praying for the members of three different churches. So I say, be like Epaphras. So how can we do that? I want to offer, and this is on your outline, six suggestions this morning about intercessory prayer. Number one, if we're going to pray intercessory for others, we need to pray consistently and thoroughly. I want you to notice the key words in Colossians 4, the word always. (laughs) Very important. The word wrestling, or some translations have the idea of laboring fervently. The Greek word that's translated wrestling there is the word agona, from which we get the word agony. So he was agonizing in prayer for the, these people in the three churches. He's working hard for them by praying for them. And he even it says he's wrestling in prayer for you. Notice that was very personal when Epaphras was praying for them. As we saw last week, intercessory prayer grows out of love. It grows out of love. When we love someone, it is natural to pray for them. But it really also requires some kind of a plan for intercessory prayer. Now, personal confession time. This right here is where I have usually struggled the most with prayer over the decades, quite honestly. I do very well with ongoing conversational praying, walking and talking with God as I go through life. It's easy, it's natural for me. I've always done that well. But intercessory prayer takes something more. Intercessory prayer, you can write this on your outline, needs to be more deliberate, organized, and scheduled. And that's because there is so much we legitimately can and should pray for. And so many people we can and should pray for. If you think about it, you take praying for your family, praying for your extended family, praying for coworkers, praying for church family, praying for friends, praying for aspects of church life, praying for missions and missionaries, praying for our society, our culture, our government at various different levels, praying for health concerns. The reality is That takes an enormous amount of time if we do it right and well and thoroughly. And the reality is, if we don't have four or five hours free each day, we need to spread things out to pray thoroughly for all these different things. And that means there's going to be some people we'll be praying for every day. And there'll be others we might pray for every week. There might be other people and situations we might pray for every month on some kind of a schedule unless you've got, like I said, four or five hours (laughs) to do it every single day. So I hope over the next three or four weeks, you and I can each process and maybe even discuss what that needs to look like in our own personal life and how that's going to work. And we have lists in the foyer, again, of of different suggestions of things and ways to pray about different situations. There are books in our church library that deal with these kinds of things. So I would encourage you and me to literally, over the coming days and weeks, experiment in prayer. Try various lists or plans or times and see what works for you. And I really hope, I really hope, and I've been saying this in the bulletin for a few weeks, that three or four people will step up and become a prayer ministry, or we can call it something else, to help all of us as a church with ideas and resources and suggestions. And some of the intercessors who came forward last week have chosen to focus on specific chosen areas and others will pray more bo- broadly and maybe pray when they're given things to pray about. But each of us, each of us needs to commit to trying something that helps us pray better as intercessors, try some kind of a plan, some kind of an organized effort to make sure we're doing that. You see, God is looking for intercessors. But when we intercede, the rest of our main points is is how we do that. Number two, when we intercede for others, we pray for God's blessing. I want you to go back to an an unusual place. A lot of the examples we're going to give are in the New Testament, people praying. But I want you to go back to the Old Testament book of Numbers, all right? Book number four in the Old Testament, Numbers. And we're going to start in, in verse six, or chapter six, I'm sorry. There are three passages that I have run across from the Old Testament book of Numbers that jumped out at me as offering blessings for others. So if we're going to pray God's blessing, here's three guidelines you can follow if you'd like. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22 and following, tells about uh, Aaron the high priest and how he was told by God to pray this blessing over the people of Israel. And my point is that we can take these same words and pray them for other people. Here's what it says. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. Now, first of all, this is something that you you and I can say to other people. And and it, it means a lot. We can write it. We can email it. We can text it. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you. But what about turning that into a prayer? Whether somebody we're praying about, somebody we care about, where we say about them, Lord, I just want to ask that you bless her and keep her. Lord, would you m- make your face shine upon her today? Because I know things are, are tough in her life right now and in her family. Lord, turn your face toward her. Give her peace. See, we can take those exact words of a biblical God-ordained blessing and pray those specific words for somebody in our life. Or maybe we can open up the newspaper and see the families who are listed in the obituaries and pray those very words, verse by verse, for those families listed in the obituaries. Or we can go to a hospital and pray those very things. Or maybe it's a co-worker, or maybe it's a missionary. You can't go wrong praying the Word of God. <laughs> Over in chapter 10 is another example of something we can pray for people. And this might be more so when they have some challenges in their life or maybe some uh, people attacking them or whatever. In Numbers chapter 10, verse 33 and following, it says, so they set out from the mountain of the Lord and traveled for three days. The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them during these, those three days to find them a place to rest. The cloud of the Lord was over them by day when they set out from the camp. Whenever the ark set out, Moses said... Now notice the prayer Moses prays for the Israelites when they would move on to a new new location, and then he prays a certain prayer when they settle to the next place. Here's the prayer. He said, rise up, O Lord, may your enemies be scattered. May your foes flee before you. Whenever it came to rest, he said, return, O Lord to the countless thousands of Israel. In other words, we can take that prayer that Moses prayed for the Israelites and we can pray for God's enemies to be scattered in someone else's life, to move those enemies out of the way. Someone's being mistreated. Someone, uh, like we talked about last week, Christians who are being persecuted in other countries, we pray, God, scatter their enemies, confuse their enemies, shove their enemies out of the way. Or that coworker that's going through a hard time in her family relationships, or or someone's attacking uh, them from the outside, we can say, scatter their enemies, God. In verse 36, we can say, and put your blanket of protection over them. So Moses was praying, in a sense, when he would settle back then, saying, God, settle down here with us and take care of us. The other example I want to give in Numbers is chapter 17. It's one of my favorite little accounts in the book. And it came at a time when there were some doubters in Israel who were were questioning Moses' authority over the Israelites and his brother Aaron's authority as the high priest. And God wanted to show the people that, yes, indeed, I have chosen Aaron and don't mess with my choice. (laughs) So God decided to do a demonstration he says, I want you to take all the 12 tribes of Israel and the leader of each tribe is to bring their staff, their, you know, Cain staff thing, and bring it to, to, to Moses and we're going to put them all in, in the uh, tent of meeting and God's going to choose who he has chosen. He'll choose that staff. Here's what, what, what it says, starting in verse four. Place them in the tent of meeting in the front of the testimony where I meet with you. The staff belonging to the man I choose will sprout and I will rid myself of this constant grumbling against you by the Israelites. So Moses spoke to the Israelites and their leaders uh, gave him 12 staffs, one for the leader of of each of the ancestral tribes and Aaron's staff was among them. Moses placed the staffs before the Lord in the tent of the testimony. (laughs) And I love this. The next day Moses entered the tent of the testimony and saw that Aaron's staff, which represented the house of Levi, had not only sprouted, but had budded, blossomed, And produced almonds. In other words, God took a dead stick and made it come back to life and not only sprout, but to actually have almonds growing on it. So, what about us praying for God's blessing on someone's life? Someone's life who's who's dry and and very uh, almost seems dead to them. They're needing a new life, a new start. And we can pray that God would allow their life right now to blossom and to bear fruit. God, give them new life. Give them a new day, a new hope. So let's pray for God's blessing for others. God God is looking for intercessors. But thirdly, uh, we can pray, if we're going to pray for others, we need to pray for God's purposes. Go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to look at some examples here. But before that, I want to refer back to the front of your bulletin, the Colossians 4 passage. Epaphras, who is one of you, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He's always wrestling in prayer for you. And notice what he's praying for them. That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. In other words, it was a spiritual focus primarily when they prayed for other people. They prayed for God's purpose to be done, His will to be done, His purposes to be carried out. Now I want you to notice some of the things in Ephesians 1 that Paul prayed for some of the Christians. Starting at verse 15, and if you want something, if you say, I don't know how to pray for other people, you can follow these exact things and pray these exact things. Ephesians 1.15, for this reason, Paul says, Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And here's what he prayed. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. We can simply pray, God, help this person today to know you better than he had before. Verse 18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. We can pray for that person just to know and fully grasp how great God's love is and how great his power is. Spiritual concerns. Ephesians 3, he starts again. Verse 14, for this reason I kneel before the Father. There's that kneeling again, that biblical thing. From whom is... From whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. What an important thing to pray for another Christian. Father, strengthen them in their inner being with your, the power of your spirit. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Father, make Christ evident in their life and, and show it in their faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have the power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. We can say, God, help them to understand how great your love is because they don't think anybody loves them right now. Help them to understand your love. We can just pray these scriptures. And then I love this one in 3 John. I'll put it up here, 3 John 2 through 4. I want you to notice he prays for physical things and he prays for spiritual things Watch which one is clearly shown to be more important. He says, dear friend, this is John the Apostle praying, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. That's important, praying for people's health. And then he goes on. Even as your soul is getting along well, it gave me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. In other words, I'm happy that you're feeling better physically, but man, I am thrilled. I am thrilled that you're walking in the truth. On your outline, I want you to write this in. Because we don't practice this a lot of times, even in the church. Spiritual and eternal health are the ultimate concerns, not physical. Folks, I will happily accept your prayers for my shoulder replacement tomorrow morning. Pat Berry will happily accept your prayers for his ankle replacement on Wednesday. Terry Davis will happily uh, appreciate your prayers uh, Thursday morning for her surgery. But that's still not the most important thing. Pray for me to grow this week in my faith and in my prayer life uh, through this experience. <laughs> that's what matters. See, sometimes our physical pains and struggles become the tool to spiritually make us stronger. So sometimes God may say no to the physical request so he can make us stronger phys- spiritually. Colossians 1 is another example. You don't have to turn over there, but I love how, and we'll put it up here on on the screen. You can basically pray through Colossians 1, 9 through 12 for somebody else, and you can pray verse 9 for them to know God's will. Verse 10, you can pray for them to do God's will. Verse 10, you can pray for them to live a productive life and bear fruit for God. Verse 10, you can pray for them to have a growing relationship with God. Verse 11, you can pray that they would have power in their life. Verse 11 and 12, you can pray that they'll have the right attitude, an attitude of thanksgiving in their life. God has given us everything we need to know to pray for other people right in Scripture. Those are six things that we can pray for anybody on the planet and should. One final example, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1 through 4, uh, not only tells us what God's purpose for government it is, it tells us why we pray for governing officials so that would be fulfilled, and then it gets to the most important thing. He says, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people for kings and all those in authority. Why? So that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. In other words, we're praying for governmental leaders so that they'll make society a more godly place. That's what government's supposed to be doing. And it's not doing that very well right now in America. But that's what we should be praying. But then it says, this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. We're given two major areas to pray for there. Our country, our state, our local government, that we can live in a godly society. But most importantly, we're praying for salvation for people who need Jesus Christ. Praying for lost people, friends who are lost, family who are lost, people on the news who are lost. Appreciate so much that all the people that came forward, we had an entire family come up last week And what was interesting, when the Bradleys came forward to be intercessors, um, their 10-year-old daughter, Macy, led the way. (laughs) And then later, her parents came up and joined her. And they emailed me this week to talk about what they're going to focus on in their intercessory prayers. And Marcus told me that Macy said, quote, for people to know Christ. She walked to the front last week, a 10-year-old, and her focus in prayer is going to be for people to know Christ. David Butts of Harvest Prayer Ministries tells about a church in Texas that asked the members of the church to submit the names of people they knew who didn't, were not Christians and needed to come to the Lord. They were given a hundred names from the people in that church. Those names were then passed on to trained intercessors in their church, and those people prayed for the, the person whose name they submitted, and the intercessors prayed. and by the end of that year, 92 of the 100 had come to Christ. 92 of the 100, because they specifically for that, that whole year prayed for those people by name. Jay Sidlow Baxter said, men may spurn our appeals, reject our message, oppose our arguments, despise our persons, but they are helpless against our prayers. Friends, God is looking for intercessors. Intercessors who, fourthly, will pray for God's provision. Pray for God's provision. Jesus taught this in the model prayer, the pattern prayer that we saw a few weeks ago, where we pray for ourselves and others. Give us this day our daily bread. Pray for provision. That's what Philippians 4 is talking about. In verses 6 and 7. Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It goes on and talks about how Paul says, I've learned to be content, verses 10 through 13, no matter what my circumstances are life, because I know God's going to provide for me. Verse 14 to 19 talks about... uh, basic needs being provided, and it culminates with verse 19, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So let's pray for God's provision for others. There are others now who are having a tough time uh, due to the economy and to inflation. There are people having a tough time. We pray for their provision, but let's also remember that sometimes we might be part of the solution. I love the story Tony Campalo told about years ago being a guest speaker for a banquet sponsored by a Christian women's organization. And during the gathering at one point, the president of the organization read a letter from a missionary that some of them knew who needed $4,000 for an immediate need. And then she read the letter, she turned to Campalo and asked him if he would pray for that need. Campalo says no. (laughs) He said, no, I won't pray for God to meet the needs of this missionary. But I'll tell you what I will do. I will give every dime of cash I have in my pockets and place it on the table. And I'm asking each of you to do the same. And if we don't have $4,000, I will pray to God for their needs. So Paulo emptied his wallet on the table and reluctantly 300 people <laughs> emptied their wallets and their purses. And the amount that resulted was over $4,000. And Tony concluded by saying, <laughs> We didn't need to pray that God would provide the resources. The resources were already here. We just needed to pray to let them go. See, sometimes we're we're the solution when we ask for God to provide for somebody. And because he did that, some missionary far away celebrated. See, sometimes we need to pray, God, loosen my grip on material things so we can really do your will. See, when we live in faith and submission, God blesses. When we pray in faith and submission, God blesses. Don't know how many of you know the name George Mueller. He's one of the most famous prayer warriors in the history of the church. <laughs> in 1830, as a young minister, he determined that for the rest of his life, he would depend on God alone. He would never make a request of any other person, any church, any organization. He would just pray. For the next 68 years, George Mueller ran three orphanages, caring for more than 10,000 children over the years. He had a salary of $12,000 per year, most of which he gave away. He recorded more than 50,000 specific answers to prayer in his lifetime. And one day, George Mueller, at a time that was really difficult at their orphanage, prayed this prayer. He prayed, Dear Father, we thank Thee for what Thou art going to give us to eat. There was nothing there to eat, and he thanked God for what he was going to give them. When he finished that prayer at their orphanage in Bristol, England, and within minutes, a baker knocked on the door and brought fresh bread he had just made the night before when he couldn't sleep. He says, could you use some bread? A few minutes after that, there's another knock at the door. And the driver of the milk wagon in the community stopped in front of the orphanage because his wagon had broken down. And he came to the door needing to get rid of all his milk. So he asked if they could use the milk. This all came within minutes after George Mueller, with nothing there to feed the kids, prayed, Dear Father, we thank Thee for what Thou art going to give us to eat. And God said, Okay, here it is. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God is looking for intercessors who will trust God. But we also, fifthly, as intercessors, must pray for God's workers. In other words, pray for Bible teachers in this church and other churches. Pray for missionaries. Pray for preachers. Pray for elders. Pray for persecuted Christians. There's some lists in the foyer to help you do that. Paul not only prayed for others, Paul was not too proud to request people to pray for him. 1 Thessalonians 5.25, he says, Brothers, pray for us. Romans 15, starting at verse 30. I want you to notice some of the wording here. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. He goes, you're going to partner. These people were hundreds of miles away. And he goes, you're going to partner in my work by praying for me. He goes, and then he tells them what to pray. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. We can join in a struggle for other people, other workers for Christ in other lands. He prayed that they would be rescued from unbelievers, or he asked them to pray that, and that they would have acceptable service to others, that they would be reunited, that they would be refreshed, that they would have God's peace. We can pray all those things for someone serving God. Won't take time to look at but Ephesians 6, 18 through 20, uh, he asked for prayers that they, he and others could say the right words, that they would be fearless, that they would make known the gospel. Colossians 4, he asked people to pray for him and for an open door for the gospel, to proclaim the mystery of Christ and that they would proclaim it clearly. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 3, these are all in your outline if you want to look them up. Pray that, that the message would spread rapidly and be honored. Pray for deliverance from, the wicked, from wicked ones and from the evil one. All things we can pray for, Christian workers. Friends, we cannot go wrong praying with an open Bible. There are a lot of other helps. There are, are, uh, you, you can take a map of, of different countries and pray for things going on in those countries. Our missionaries send emails or, or mailings that almost always have a list of praises and prayer requests we can use. We can pray for persecuted Christians. Like I said, we've got all the information in the foyer. I've got the app on my phone, the Voice of the Martyrs app, and I keep pushing this because every day they feature a different uh, country and, and where Christians are being persecuted. Friday, I got to pray with more than 1,700 other people for the Christians in, in Uzbekistan. Last night, I got to pray with 1,800 other people for Christians in Cuba. Today, it'll be another country. My friend Victor Knowles wrote this, Through your prayers... Great things can happen today. Through your prayers, someone unjustly imprisoned may be released. Through your prayers, a discouraged missionary may suddenly be filled with hope and stay on the field. Through your prayers, a disillusioned minister may be infused with power from on high to deliver God's message. Through your prayers, a rocky marriage may experience calmer waters. Through your prayers, someone who is weak may feel power returning to his or her body. Friends, God is looking for intercessors, and he's looking for them in this room. But finally, we not only pray for God's workers, we pray for God's work. We pray for his work, for his mission to rescue people from sin. How often do you pray for God's work? There are a lot of ways we can do that. I just mentioned several of them. But we could start by praying what Jesus told us to pray, most specific request He ever gave us about what we should pray. Matthew nine, starting in verse thirty-six, Jesus, our Lord, told us this when He saw the when He saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And here it is. Then He said to His disciples, "The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into." his harvest field. Pray for more Sunday school teachers. Pray for more preachers to be raised up in this church. Pray for more uh, worship leaders and children's ministers and missionaries who will go to full-time to other places to tell the gospel. Pray for more workers. And pray for something that would be seen as impossible. A young preacher at the Lynchburg First Church of Christ 62 years ago challenged his church to pray for something impossible that afternoon. He goes, I want you to go home and pray for something impossible. Well, he did the same thing he asked the church to do. He got down on his knees and he prayed that God would give him a nationwide radio broadcast where he could preach the gospel. And for the last 60 years, Ed Bousman's sermons have been heard across the world, literally, from a radio ministry. The God is Just a Prayer Away radio broadcast that we've supported as the church has been on 700 WLW in Cincinnati for all those years. It's also been in Richmond, Virginia, uh, broadcast out of Louisville, Kentucky, Indianapolis, Indiana, Waterloo, Iowa, Little Rock, Arkansas, Wheeling, West Virginia. It's also part of an international broadcast ministry with stations like Radio Africa and Sri Lanka Broadcasting and Bible Voice Russia and Bible Voice Europe and the Beacon of Hope in Africa. More than 60 countries have access to those broadcasts. Even though he died several years ago, he recorded enough sermons they could keep playing his sermons, and they still are. Pray for God's work. And pray for what happens here at Bethlehem. Pray for what happens here at Bethlehem. Charles Spurgeon is one of the most famous British preachers back during the 1800s at a huge congregation in London. He would, was not afraid to tell anyone that the key to this church has been prayer the key to this church one day five young uh, college students were spending uh, a weekend in london and they decided to go hear the famous charles spurgeon preach so while they waited for the doors to open the students were greeted by a man outside it was actually spurgeon they didn't realize it and he says gentlemen uh, let me show you around and he goes would you like to see the heating plant of this church and they're kind of looking at him like yeah i came to see the furnace you know He said, would you like to see the heating plant? Well, they respectfully went along. It was a hot summer day, but they followed him. He took them down a stairway. A door was quietly opened, and he said to them, this is our heating plant. And surprise, these students saw 700 people on their knees praying for the service that was about to begin upstairs. 700 people. I wonder what could happen here if one or seven or 20 people would say, I'm going to come on Sunday morning early and I'm going to pray through this building. Or I'm, I'm going to find a place I'm going to go some, once a month <laughs> or once a quarter or something. I'm going to find a place in the building outside of this room and pray for the service while it's going on. Are you praying for God's work? Philip Yancey writes about a time that the church he attended in Chicago faced something of a crisis. The preacher had left, the attendance was going down, uh, community outreach program was uh, seeming threatened, and the leadership suggested an all night prayer vigil. They, uh, some people were concerned, but it suggested that they were in a really high risk, uh, high crime area of Chicago. Is it really safe? Do we need to hire guards? What if nobody shows up? Yancey says, to my surprise, the poorest members of the congregation, a group of senior citizens from a housing project, were the ones who responded most enthusiastically to the prayer vigil. He goes, I could not help wondering how many of their prayers had gone unanswered over the years. They lived in their projects, after all, amid crime, poverty, and suffering. Yet they showed a childlike trust in the power of prayer. We asked them, he said, how long do you want to stay? An hour or two? And they go, oh, we'll stay all night. And one black woman in her 90s, who walked with a cane, could barely see, explained. You see, there's lots of things we can't do in the church. We ain't so educated. We ain't got much energy like some of you younger folk. But we can pray. We got time and we got faith. Some of us don't sleep much anyway. We can pray all night if needs be. And so they did. And so they did. And he taught the younger, healthier members a powerful lesson about prayer and faith and about what really matters in life. Listen, anyone with a clear mind and the breath of life can be an intercessor. Like Epaphras, we can wrestle in prayer for others. God is looking for Intercessors. You don't need a college degree, you don't need ministry training, you don't need public speaking ability, you don't need fancy words, you need a love for God and a love for people and a love for God's purposes. That's what you need to be an intercessor. And yet there's that very sad verse in Ezekiel 22, verse 30, when God looks out, On his troubled nation, he goes, I look for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so that I would not have to destroy it, but I found nobody. He goes, I couldn't find an intercessor. Your intercessor, Jesus Christ, the mighty warrior, calls you to follow him fully. And to join him in interceding for others, we're going to sing our song of decision at this time, and I want us to really think about what Christ has done when He stood in the gap for us, and now how He simply has said, "I just want you to do the same." I like that reminder. If we we, we so often it's like, "What what can, uh, how can people pray for me?" No, no. what, What do you need me to pray for others, God? What do you need me to do for others? What do you need me to give for others? Jesus was the perfect example of ultimate sacrifice, complete sacrifice, selflessness, to be our intercessor. And he invites us to do the same. Bottom of your page is a question. I think last week was the first part of this, and I've added a little bit more today. Will you love and obey enough to pray and to help others? pray. So this morning we issue an invitation, if you would like to join the 26 of us that came forward last week, to be an intercessor, to say I'm going to commit to taking intercession seriously, to changing this world (laughs) from on my knees. Um, Just come up, I'm not going to make you speak or do anything just like last week, but uh, if you also have a decision, another type of decision to make for Christ, you see me afterwards, we'll talk and uh, talk about what that means, what that looks like let's respond to God's call again to be the prayer warriors, the intercessors He invites us to be. Thank you for listening to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and think others can benefit from it, we encourage you to share it on social media, subscribe to our podcast, or leave us a rating and review on the podcast platform you use. You can also connect with us online at Bethlehem. 505.org or find us on Facebook. Please join us next time as we each seek to understand God's Word and follow His Son, Jesus Christ.